Good morning, brothers and sisters. My name is Ross Lippincott. I serve as an evangelist in the Manhattan region, also known as the Big Apple Church. My wife and I lead the daytime arts ministry here, and we also oversee the youth and family ministry throughout the church, as well as the congregational worship ministry. And as we get started, I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to all of you. I love Thanksgiving. It's such a spiritual holiday. It's not focused on how much candy did I get or how many gifts did I get. It's all about appreciating what God has given us. Every week, my family, my wife and I, with our two small children, do a weekly family devotional. And this past week, uh, we cut out leaves where the kids could color and write on the leaves what they're thankful for. We made gratitude leaves. Last year, my daughter Emmy and I went to the Thanksgiving Day Parade down on Columbus Circle. It was an amazing memory. I got to go take my daughter. Uh, the generational gap was pretty apparent when I was very hyped about seeing Will I Am. And on the opposite hand, you had my daughter who was really psyched to see Chase from Paw Patrol. But that was last year's Thanksgiving. This year's Thanksgiving is probably going to look a little bit different. It's been a tough year. And we know that the holidays are going to look and feel a little bit different, and yet there is still so much to be thankful for. I want to ask you to go ahead and write it down in the chat. What are you thankful to God for this Thanksgiving? Write it down in the chat. I am thankful personally to be a part of a legacy of faith. In 1983, this church, the New York City Church of Christ, was planted. A few years later, they put out a call for help, and they were asking that disciples who were from the New York area move back to help out because New York City can be a tough place to live. It can be hard to uh, get a job, find a place to live. It's a difficult uh, place if you're not from here. And so a young married couple who had recently graduated from college from Montana State University, they were a part of the campus ministry there. They moved across country because the husband was born and raised in North Bergen, New Jersey, just a stone's throw away from New York City, right across the Hudson River. And when they came here, it was still called the Central Park Church of Christ. And their names are Bob and Jamie Lippincott. That's right. Those are my parents. See, I was born in Secaucus, New Jersey, where in normal times we do our congregational worship services. And I got to say, it's kind of surreal for me to worship at the Meadowlands Expo Center, thinking about how, wow, God knew when I was born that I would be praising him with the congregation right here in Secaucus, New Jersey. My wife also comes from a legacy of faith. Manami's parents are Frank and Erica Kim. They were missionaries for many years in Paris and in Tokyo, Japan. And currently they serve as an elder and elder's wife in Denver, Colorado. Needless to say, Manami and I are passionate about family. We have the honor and privilege of passing that torch of faith from our parents to our two small children, the next generation. And speaking of the next generation, I want to give you a youth and family update. We had a virtual conference this past weekend on November 14th and 15th, where high school students from the New York City Family of Churches and the New England Family of Churches planned the sixth teen-led conference together. While it was our sixth conference, it was our first ever virtual teen-led conference. And it was planned and implemented in the midst of remote school, in the midst of a pandemic, these teens joined Zoom calls just to plan a conference when they were already all Zoomed out from school and all the other things they're doing. Our teens are amazing. They've got solid convictions. They're gifted. 
They're talented. And I want to say, church, the future is bright with the teens that we have. I am inspired by their generosity with what they have been given. They're spiritually rich. Many of you are probably familiar with a story in the Bible about a young man who likewise was rich. But unfortunately, he was not as generous as our teens. In Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 31, the Bible tells a story where this rich young man runs up to Jesus and he asks him really this question that I think is on the mind of many people today. What must I do to inherit eternal life? How do I get to heaven, Jesus? And so Jesus says, look, you know the commands, you know, obey the commands, referring to the Ten Commandments. And so the rich young ruler says, I've kept all of those since I was a boy. But Jesus says, one thing you still lack, sell all your possessions, give them to the poor, then come follow me. See, Jesus keyed in on the one commandment that the rich young man had not obeyed. And it was commandment number one. You shall have no other gods before me. Jesus realized that this man's idol was his wealth and his possessions. And so as we know, the man's face fell and he went away sad. And if we pick up in Mark 10, verse 23 through 27, it says, Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Have you ever wondered this? Like the disciples, you know, you see people encounter Jesus in the scriptures as you hold out the word of life to them. And then faced with a challenge, they walk away sad. Have you ever felt like, well, who then can be saved, God? I know I've felt this way. Maybe you haven't, but I have. And Jesus says, look, it's impossible with man, but all things are possible with God. And it reminds me of something that our lead evangelist, Sam Powell, shared with us at a recent staff meeting. You know, this year, the New York City Church of Christ, we've seen more baptisms and restorations than last year at the same point. And that's with COVID and stay-at-home orders and social distancing and everything being virtual. We have seen God do more this year. That is miraculous. That is incredible. You guys have allowed God to work through you. You're amazing. And God is amazing. But that's miraculous. That is our God. And my first point this morning is that God is able. It reminds me of a Smokey Norfolk song for all of you gospel fans out there. God is able. God is able. God is able and he won't fail. That's our God. God is able. Ephesians 3.20 says that not only can God do everything, but he can do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. When I think of imagine as a Beatles fan and as a New York City resident, I think about Strawberry Fields. It's at 72nd and Central Park West. It's the John Lennon Memorial. And on the ground there, they have a mosaic that says imagine. And it always makes me think of Ephesians 3.20. In fact, it's such a special place to me 
That's why I proposed to my wife, Manami. And it's special to me because it reminds me about how years earlier in college at Rutgers University, where I had many ups and downs spiritually. I mean, I had some rough times, made some bad decisions in college spiritually. I wrestled through campus ministry and praise God, I came out faithful. But even so, God was faithful to me. And I remember praying a prayer late one night on campus that God, I want to serve you. I want to serve you. I want to play music and I want to provide for a family. It felt like an impossible prayer to me. It felt kind of like, you know, those memes that say, here are three things, choose two. Like for college students, it's, you know, good grades, sleep or a social life during college, pick two. You know, and a lot of times we think, well, I can only have two, but God gave me all three. God provided all three. God has done more in my life than I could have asked or imagined. Has God ever done more in your life, more than you asked for, more than you imagined? Right? God is able in the chat if God has done more for you. In 2018, by faith, my wife and I crossed the Hudson River from New Jersey to Manhattan with our two small children. And I got to say, New Jersey, we love you and we miss you. There are so many treasured relationships that we have in New Jersey. But, you know, at that time, it felt a little crazy. We moved to Manhattan with a dream to build God's kingdom. I love New York City. I dream for this city and I pray for this city. And my prayer these last couple years has been, God, I want to see you do miracles in Manhattan, miracles in Manhattan, because, see, I grew up watching miracles in Manhattan and throughout the New York City Church. I grew up watching powerful men of God preach the word. I have memories of going to worship services at Madison Square Garden. Could you imagine going back to the garden with thousands of disciples, watching productions? I remember watching productions like Slingshot and Upside Down, and these things inspired me to become a performer. And now here we are in Manhattan leading the daytime arts ministry. And one example that I've seen, a miracle in Manhattan, and there are many that I could share with you, but just one is an example that God is able is that all last year, we had been praying to see men study the Bible and be baptized. One of our sisters in the arts ministry, Christy, was riding the train one day and she saw a young man preparing for an audition. And so she used that in to start up a conversation and she invited him to church. And so this young man decided to come out and visit our church and what's crazy is that he had been reading the book of Ephesians on his own before ever coming to our church. But at that time in the Manhattan region, we as a church had been studying out the book of Ephesians. He came to church and we were studying out the same book that he was. And he saw God working in his life. And so back in January, we saw Spencer baptized into Christ. God is able. Have you ever heard of an impossible prayer, this concept of an impossible prayer? And what I mean by impossible is, not that it's, it's, I mean that it's impossible for us. Impossible, not that it's impossible for God, but impossible for us to do. Meaning that if it was answered, it would have been impossible to be anything other than God. If you've seen an impossible prayer answered, or if you've been praying an impossible prayer, I want you to go ahead and write it in the chat. What is your impossible prayer? And if it was answered, tell us how. But an impossible prayer, something that was impossible for you, that was possible for God, because God is able. See, the question is not, can God do it? The question is not, is God able? The question is, do you 
Believe it. Where is your faith at this morning? Have you forgotten who God is? Have you stopped praying bold prayers? What is your impossible prayer? Maybe it's for a family member. Maybe it's for your children, whether young or grown, to be faithful. Maybe it's for your parents to be faithful. Maybe it's, hey, I want to help someone to become a Christian, a friend or a coworker. Maybe you want to resolve a conflict and reconcile with a brother or sister. Maybe it's you want God to work and move in your marriage to bring love and joy, to bring harmony and peace in your marriage. Maybe it's to get out of debt. Maybe that's your impossible prayer. If you are willing to do it God's way, God is able. It may not work out exactly the way you envisioned, but God is able to do it. Thinking back on this rich young ruler in the story, I've often thought about him a lot like a kingdom kid. He's a young man. He's been given a lot. He's very wealthy. And it's almost like one of the high schoolers in our youth group. But I want to say I'm proud of our teens, though, because unlike the man in the story, our teens have been using their spiritual wealth to help others. COVID-19 has not stopped us from being together because God is able. You know, in August, we had our first ever virtual teen camp. I have never been a part of a virtual camp, and yet we did it, and it was awesome. We've seen teens planning and leading our monthly devotionals. And then this virtual teen-led conference that was amazing and inspiring. Just the fact that we pulled off a virtual teen-led conference is proof that God is able. I mean, think about it. Everything was planned remotely. All the lessons and songs were recorded and submitted digitally. There were hundreds of people joining via Zoom. That was all God. The theme of the conference was always with you. And that's my second point this morning is that God is with you. God is able and God is with you. The teens came up with this theme and I thought it's very timely because of the coronavirus, because of social distancing and stay at home orders, limited person to person interaction. A lot of our youth are feeling lonely. Many high schoolers feel alone. And I would honestly say that a lot of us feel lonely. Many people, many adults are feeling lonely. People are feeling disconnected. There's anxiety and depression, people struggling with mental health. There's uncertainty and unrest and tension in our nation. There's lots of things to be stressed about. And we can forget that God is with us. At first, the conference planning team came up with a theme, Never Alone, but then decided, hey, we don't want to frame this in the negative. Let's frame it in the positive and say, always with you. They wanted to remind the other teens that God is always with you and desires to be with you. And I'm so proud of our teens because of this very thoughtful conference theme. It makes me think of a well-known psalm, Psalm 23, and one of the most well-known verses in this psalm in verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, a lot of us are familiar maybe with the other translation, I think King James, though I, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. 2020 feels for many like the valley of the shadow of death, COVID-19, injustice, racism, political turmoil, hatred, division, violence, people hurting other people, death, destruction, and financial challenges. And we can struggle and wonder, God, are you with me? Do you hear my impossible prayers? Do you hear my possible prayer? Do you hear me at all? Psalm 23 reminds us that when you walk through the darkest times, God is with you. Whether it seems like it or not, 
God is with you. Whether you feel like it or not, God is with you because God is omnipresent. He is always with you. And as a disciple of Jesus, he's not just with you. He's in you. He lives in you. You know, we are weak. As the scriptures say, we're just jars of clay. But we got to realize this, that if God is with you and if God is in you, and if nothing is impossible for God, if God is able, if God can do anything, that doesn't it follow that you can overcome any challenge that life throws at you with God? Yes, you can. And that's because my point number three is that God enables you. God is able. God is with you. And God enables you. When God is with you and when God is in you, our God who is able enables you. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. That is what Paul understood. And that's what the disciples missed in the story of the rich young ruler. That it's not about you. That's what the rich young ruler missed. It's not about you. The disciples doubted, well, who then can be saved? And the rich young ruler's face fell because he thought, hey, my best was not good enough. His focus was on his efforts. And the disciples' eyes were not fixed on Jesus. And we got to realize that it's not about what you can or can't do. It's not about how talented you are. It's not about how smart you are. It's not about how capable you are, although you are all those things. It's all about him. When we tap into the Holy Spirit, when we get ourselves out of the way, God does miracles. Sometimes I believe that God won't move a situation until we humble out. Otherwise, we'll think that the miracle happened because of us. It is God who enables us. And just to show that and prove that point, many of you have been enabled by the Holy Spirit, by God working in you. Have you ever dug deep for that extra spirit-powered energy? That late night Bible study after a long day of work. You know, I appreciate many of you who after long days of work, you come to meetings of the body and you still you're committed and you're doing D times and Bible studies. You know, waking up extra early to pray with a brother or sister. Maybe it's been patience with a brother or sister who offends you and responding lovingly and graciously to them or going the extra mile to encourage someone, forgiving others who have sinned against us, whether intentionally or unintentionally. See, when God is in us, he is able and he enables us to do things that under normal circumstances would be impossible. God enables us to be superhuman. What is going on in your life right now? Is there a challenge that you're facing? Maybe something that's a repeat issue, a pattern that you keep bumping up against, something that you just can't get over, something in your character maybe. Is it possible that you are still focused on yourself, on doing it your way? Are you doing it your way or God's way? See, God's way is often counterintuitive to the way of the world. It reminds me of Jesus saying, hey, drop your nets on the other side of the boat. Sometimes we got to try the other side of the boat. Seek advice, but try approaching it the way that Jesus would. As we prepare to take communion, I want to bring us back to this idea of always with you, the teen-led conference theme. You know, John 1 says that Jesus was with God in the beginning, that Jesus was always with God. However, in Mark chapter 15, verse 34, we hear Jesus cry out on the cross. 
Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? Why have you abandoned me? We know in this moment that Jesus, who had been with God from the beginning, was cut off from the Father so that we could be connected with God. See, Jesus went to the cross so that you could have the chance to be with God forever, so that God could always be with you. Let's remember this morning that God is able, that God is with you, and that God enables you. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Our God and our Father in heaven, we come before you right now to praise your holy name, to praise you as the God who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. We praise you for being with us and we praise you for enabling us to do all things through you who give us strength. God, we're so grateful right now, most of all for Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross, all so that we could always be with you. We love you and we pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.